1: Before we get into our story, get a load of fence builder, McGee.
2: Say, McGee, what are you using that pencil and paper for?
1: I'm glad you asked that, kiddo. I was just getting ready to
3: draw me a few plans for a fence I'm going to build.
2: I shouldn't wonder after that last one you put together. <laughs> Some fence. You just forgot to include the gate, that's all.
3: Live and learn, I always say. I guess you got to make plans, though, if you want to get a thing done right.
2: Well, now, dearie, isn't that especially true when it comes to life insurance?
3: You're doggone not gone right, it is. That's why, folks, the Prudential's famous dollar guide is just about the best friend a man ever had. This little device helps you see right off how much your family will need to get along on if you're no longer here. How much for groceries, clothing, a roof over their heads, and a college education for the kids. And how much money you'll need to retire on.
2: Well, tell the folks how easy it is to get the dollar guide.
3: Just call your Prudential agent and ask him to bring over a helpful dollar guide. He'll show you quicker than a wink how you can guarantee your family the kind of future you've always wanted them to have.
1: Like many another clean-cut American boy, our hero got up this morning, came downstairs, looked at the tree in the living room, and said,
3: You know, today don't seem like Sunday at all.
2: What does it seem like
3: to you? Christmas all over again. Yeah, look at them presents. Just barely opened, what with all the excitement and the drop-ins and the phone-ups.
2: Oh, I love Christmas.
3: I never did get this gift from the old timer unwrap, but I can guess. Yeah. What is it? Same as he sent me last year, a ten-year supply of razor blades.
2: Heavenly days. In
3: fact, he's given me a ten-year supply every year for the last seven or eight years.
2: Well, he just forgets he gave them, I guess.
3: I wish he'd forget to give them. Practically everybody but me has a problem what to do with their old razor blades. I don't even know what to do with my new ones.
2: Well, you can't say anything to him about it. No, tonight. I... Uh-oh, company
3: already. Mm-hmm. You
2: entertain them while I run upstairs and see if I put my face on this morning or not.
3: Okay, kiddo. Come
2: in. Hi, Mr. McGee. Merry day after Christmas.
3: Well, hi, Tini. Same to you.
2: I came to thank you for Delicia. Delicia, this is your father.
3: Delicia. Oh, the doll. Well, I'm glad it's... you like her, Teenie. She's super, huh?
2: Super is for corn balls. Oh? She's a real cool chick. She's crazy, Dad. What? I said she's with it. She's the greatest. This dolly is the end. Where
3: on earth do you pick up such language?
2: It ain't language. That's jive talk, ma'am.
3: Well, it sounds mighty peculiar coming out of the mouths of babes.
2: Oh, uh, just beating my choppers, Pops. What? Come on, Delicia, we gotta split. Oop. If we don't hop for Holmesville, Mom will flip her wig.
3: <laughs> Let me see if I got this right. You're leaving because if you don't go back to your house, your mother will be sore?
2: Your hip, you grooved it. Later, man.
3: Wow. Hip, groove, flip, wig? Where do they pick up that stuff?
2: Who's there, McGee?
3: Oh, nobody but us wig flippers, Skittle. Somebody was here, though. But I can't decide whether it was Teeny or Louis Armstrong.
2: Well, I never noticed any particular resemblance between them.
3: You would if you heard the conversation I just heard from that kid.
2: Say, you know, I just happen to think, Dr. Gamble didn't drop by at all yesterday. He usually does on Christmas Day. You know,
3: I was thinking about that, too. I kind of thought Doc would be the first guy we heard from. You know, with that handsome thermometer and fountain pen set we gave him. Fourteen bucks that set cost. From Chicago.
2: He deserves it. And that electric mixer he gave us is one of the nicest gifts I ever saw.
3: Well, there's somebody now. Maybe that's Doc.
2: No, it sounded like Wallace Wimple's ring. He always rings like he's clearing his throat. (laughs) (laughs) I'll get the door. Quick, put on that necktie he
3: gave you. There it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Boy, that's pretty awful, but I'll put it on. If it'll make him happy. Don't let him in yet. Doggone it. We ought to have a mirror in here. Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. Let him in.
2: Hello, Mr. Wimple. Happy
0: holiday. Yeah, uh,
3: greetings, Wally.
0: And the same to you both. My, what a lovely Christmas tree. It's... Oh, I see you're wearing the solid gold tie I gave you, Mr. McGee.
3: Yes, I put it on the first thing this morning, and... uh, What do you mean, solid gold?
0: Well, it has all those little golden yellow carrots on it, and before I bought it, I counted them, and there are 24 carrots. So I said to myself, just the thing for Mr. McGee... Because he's solid gold, isn't he, Mrs. McGee?
2: He's solid something, all right. Say, did you have a nice Christmas, Mr. Wimple?
0: Oh, I've had a lovely Christmas, really. And I do want to thank you both for your very thoughtful gift. I've always wanted a three-dimension tic-tac-toe set. A what?
3: That's what I finally got for him, Molly. A 3D tic-tac-toe set. They're mighty handy. You can make tic-tac-toe 49 different ways with them. Hmm.
2: Uh, What did Mrs. Wimple give you, Mr. Wimple?
0: Well, she gave me a very handsome jacket, Mrs. McGee. Made it herself, just for me. Oh, how nice. I'd better run along home, too, and put it on before she gets back from the store. She likes to see me wear it, you know.
3: Sure. What kind of a jacket is it, Wimp? Hunting jacket? Sport jacket?
0: No. Straight jacket. Goodbye, now. (laughs)
1: There's more fun with the McGee shortly. America has always taken great pride in its public school system. But unfortunately, due to an unprecedented increase in population since World War II, most of our children today are getting only a part-time education. This year, we have the largest school enrollment in our country's history. The nation as a whole is short some 345,000 classrooms, which means three out of every five classrooms are overcrowded. The minimum need right now is for 118,000 new elementary teachers to take care of the increased enrollment and to replace teachers leaving the profession. Parents and citizens generally should make sure their children are getting the best education facilities their locality can afford. Join and work with local civic groups and school boards actively seeking to improve conditions. For information about what is being done in other communities throughout the country, write to Better Schools, 2 West 45th Street, New York City. This information will be sent to you free upon request.
2: You didn't hear anything from Dr. Gamble yet, did you, McGee? Not
3: yet. Hey, you ought to try this electric mixer he gave us, Molly. I've been having a picnic with it.
2: Well, be careful. Don't break it.
3: Don't worry. It says here, the small knife-like blades revolve at the rate of 50 times a second, and if you had a mixer big enough, you could mince a moose in a matter of a minute.
2: <laughs> what on earth would you do with a minced moose?
3: Well, it's just a hypodermical statement.
2: Don't you mean hypothetical?
3: Well, it is kind of hypothetical at that. Just the thought of a moose taking 15 or 20 years to grow to maturity and then turned into mincemeat just like that. But don't worry, I ain't mincing any moose meat. I'm just trying some recipes I made up.
2: Look, uh, let the mixture rest a while, will you? You'll have it worn out before... Okay,
3: I'm tired anyhow. Some of the stuff don't taste bad, though.
2: You know, I wish Dr. Gamble would drop by so we could thank him for that. I phoned his house a while ago, but nobody answers.
3: Yeah, you'd think he'd at least drop by and thank us for the beautiful fountain pen and thermometer set we gave him, wouldn't you? It was solid gold, you know. The initials on it.
2: Yeah, I thought it was the nicest gift we've ever given him. Oh, here's somebody now. Come in.
3: Ah, oh, well, we were just talking about you, Docie, old man.
2: So glad to see you, Doctor. Come
3: in. Good morning, Molly. McGee. Come in, come in, come in. Give me your satchel, Fetzel. Molly, take his hat.
2: Yes.
4: Thank I... you, I can't stay. My mother asked me to stop by and thank you for the purse, Molly. It was very
3: pretty.
2: Oh, I'm glad she liked it, Doctor. And McGee and I are just delighted with the electric mixer from you.
3: Swell, Doc, swell. I've been having a picnic with it.
2: (laughs) I had to just tear him away from it, Doctor. He's been making frosteds and punches and crushed mush slush all morning.
3: (laughs) Glad you liked it. And did you, uh... did, Did you have a nice Christmas, Doc? A lot of nice expensive presents, you know, from your friends?
4: Yes, I did very well. Most of my friends gave me nice gifts. Good. The Toopses gave me a nice wool muffler. McDonald at the bank gave me a silver cigar lighter. Miss Cuddleson gave me a beautiful tie clip.
3: Yeah, yeah.
4: I got very nice presents from the Wimples, the old-timer, and the Nelsons next door here. Yeah. Well, go on, go on. Oh, and I nearly forgot. My mother gave me a new medical bag.
3: Nice. Uh, is that, uh, is that all?
4: Oh, I got a few other things from other people. Like I said, most of my friends were very thoughtful. And now if you'll excuse me, I'll run along.
2: But, uh, but, Doctor...
4: Yes?
3: Is that all the presents you got anything to say about, Doctor?
4: Yes, it is. Why?
3: Well, you might at least say something about us, you big fat ingrate.
4: Well, by George, since you asked me, you little twerp, I will say something about you. I'm a little burned up about it, to tell you the truth. What? If I'd known that you two weren't going to give me a gift this year, I wouldn't have gone out and spent a small
3: fortune for that mixer, I'll tell you. What are you talking about? Why,
2: Dr. Gamble, we bought your Christmas gift the very first thing. Certainly
3: we did. I don't know what your angle is, you big fat chiseler, but after me delivering that gift to you myself, personal Christmas Eve... When? Christmas Eve, that's when. It was snowing all afternoon and colder in the well digger's bucket. My car had a flat, and I walked. Walk, mind you, all the way to your office to take you the expensive little present that I and Molly bought with our meager savings. Oh, stop and it. When I walked into your office, you were busy, and Miss Ogilvy wouldn't let me in to see you. And it made me so dad ratted mad I tossed the present on her desk and stomped out. What? Well she didn't. And she hollered at me not to slam the door, and that made me ten times madder, and I went back and grabbed the present and put it back in my overcoat and stomped out, and oh my gosh! Molly, look in my overcoat.
2: I already have, McGee. Huh? Here it is.
3: Mm.
2: Here you are, Doctor, and
3: Merry Christmas. Yeah. Merry Christmas, Doccy, old man.
4: For me? Yeah. <laughs> oh, gee whiz, kids, you shouldn't have done it. Oh, is that I good? didn't expect it. <laughs> oh, this is just
2: wonderful. <laughs> <A> thermometer. <laughs> you like it? <laughs>
1: We'll say goodnight to Bibber and Molly in a moment. This is John Wald with a little bit of daytime advice. These holiday hours can be cheered along by staying in tune with NBC. Weekday mornings, for example, you'll hear Mary Margaret McBride, one of your favorite people for many years, in an informal program featuring items of interest to women everywhere. Mary Margaret McBride, a name that means daytime entertainment, heard on NBC every Monday through Friday morning. Also in the morning, quiz fun with Strike It Rich and The Phrase That Pays. Then in the afternoon, drama with your long-time friends like Just Plain Bill, Young Widder Brown, and Lorenzo Jones. An afternoon listening in addition brings you an unusual interview show called It Pays to Be Married, with popular Jay Stewart introducing you to people who tell their true and moving stories of love and marriage. All these and many more to brighten your morning and afternoon hours and speed the busy week on its way. Just let NBC Radio be your constant companion and hear for yourself.
3: Hey Molly, come and look what I'm making in my mixer. <laughs> it's called deviled marshmallow coffee fizz. Whoops! Hey, hey, what? The... Wow.
2: What is it? What happened?
3: Oh, I forgot to put the lid on and I got my necktie caught in the dad ratted mixer.
2: Heavenly days. Chop the end right off your new tie.
3: Yeah. Ooh.
2: Be careful, will you? Yes. Says in the book that thing could mince a moose. You're liable to wind up the first minced elk in history. <laughs> Don't you get it, dearie? You're an elk and it ain't funny, huh?
3: Not to me. Me either. Be careful. Yeah. Good night.
2: Good night, all. <laughs>
1: McGee and Molly is an NBC Radio Network production, transcribed with Bill Thompson as Mister Wimple and Arthur Q. Bryan as Doctor Gamble. If you happen to have a hole in the plaster of your living room wall, you won't want to miss Fibber McGee and Molly tomorrow night, because they have, and they come up with the most ingenious way to take care of it. Good night. Join the great Gildersleeve and all his friends tonight on the NBC radio network.